You understand the meaning of the word foreboding? As in badness is happening right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Well, you guys are a hell of a duet here. Why'd you start harmonizing? Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need you. Because lobsters live for over 100 years. Now what the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So for one last time, make some noise. That's for John Lennon, you Yankee fucking cunt. Just in time, head down the 405. Gotta meet the new boss by 8 a.m. The phone rings in the car. The wife is working hard. She's running late tonight again. Well, I know what I've been told. You gotta work to feed the soul. But I can't do this all. Okay, here's what I'm saying. You know who should make an Avatar spinoff? Hit me with it. And don't tell me this is impossible because I believe in James Cameron. David Lean should make a movie set on Pandora. (laughs) And I'm right. Best fucking movie ever made. It would be incredible. It would look so good. He would bankrupt Disney. Well, are you pro AI? Are, are you pro AI filmmaker? If it gets me a David Lee Navi movie, <laughs> I guess I'm pro AI. I, oh, I you know, what my actual answer to that question is: if James Cameron said tomorrow he was using AI to direct the Avatar sequels, I would mm. be like, "Sounds like a plan." All right, I'm in. I, I trust it if it's you, because you're gonna figure it out, right? Well, That's the trick of him. You know how we get David Lean to direct Avatar 6? Time travel. No, we have to build a (laughs) Navi body of David Lean. (laughs) Of David Lean. And then we transition David Lee's consciousness into the Navi body. Oh, my God. And then the Navi can direct the movie. I'm not going to be able to to find this actual story, but there's a story in a biography of David Lean uh, where, uh, like, the studio sent, like, a telegram from California, from London to wherever in the Middle East they were shooting, and they were like, "Get this, get this pro- production in shape. Uh, you're wasting money. You're going too slow." And I guess David Lean uh, sent them back like a film strip of him sweeping sand with a push broom in the <laughs> desert, and basically being like, "It'll be done when it's fucking done, you morons." <laughs> He's cool. Anyway, O'Toole. What's what's the play? Is it is it Sharif Connor? How do we get David Lean on the podcast? Who do we talk oh, about? Is it Julie Christie? Uh, I want to talk lead. You love Ryan's daughter. It's famously your favorite movie. <laughs> uh, I feel I feel like it's O'Toole, but we'd kind of be we, we we'd we'd be fully into this being an Irish actor podcast. I think I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, welcome to. Above the title presents a salute to New Jersey. That's right. (laughs) This is Above the Title, 
which is normally a podcast about the state of the 21st century movie star and the career of Colin Farrell. Uh, but this week, we are saluting the Garden State, the best state in the union by honoring it, its greatest best state if you output. discount the other 49. Its greatest, wow. a lot of hate. Its greatest creative output, a television program set in Seattle. Uh, yes. I'm Cole. That's where Scrubs is set, isn't it? I don't know. I th- I think it is. I I think it's set in Seattle. Anyway, I'm Cole. It's Connor. supposed to be set in Sacramento. It's set in Sacramento. That's wild. The New Jersey of California, famously. Um, anyway, I'm Cole. This is Connor. Connor, speak. Yep. Hey, hey, how's it going? And hey, what's uh, with up? Us, How you doing? We oh, we yeah, had to hey. have uh, America's <laughs> number one New Jersey fan uh, join us on the podcast uh, from the Travolting podcast from the Fraser's Ed podcast. Uh, it's Jeff Sweeney, everybody. Woo! Woo! Uh, Connor, what part of Jersey are you from? Of the three parts, uh, there's two parts. There's three parts. <laughs> there's two parts. And there's I'm from the, the New-, New York City part of New Jersey outside Morristown. Yeah. There's the New York suburbs. There's the Philly Shore. And then there's Hell. Oh, okay. And those yeah, are the yeah. three parts I, of Jersey. You know, you're right. There there are three parts. I'm, I'm from the I'm from the New York City, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Where's uh where's Newark? Newark's in the new in the New York City, New Jersey. Literally, yeah. I've only ever been to New York International Airport and driven. That's a horrible way to and from. <laughs> to experience New Jersey. That is the extent of my experience in New Jersey. Uh, Connor, There's only getting... one worse experience, and it's the area like immediately outside Philly is the only part that's worse than Newark. Fully well, agree. Fully yeah. agree. Here's the thing about the area outside Philly, though. Is it isn't Philly, and so it does get bonus points. Right? Like, if you grade on what are you, the curve, What are you trying to do here? If you grade on a curve... <laughs> I can't. I, just, I have to step away from the microphone before. <laughs> I can't, uh, no, can't get into that. as I no. said, uh, this is a Colin Farrell podcast, and we are continuing our brief detour in his career into guest starring on television programs. Uh, something he did very briefly, functionally, consecutively, and then literally never again, unless you count his cameo on SNL last year. Uh, this week, we are talking about the season, fifth episode of the fourth season, the great television program Scrubs, entitled My Lucky Charm, uh, which aired on January 25th, 2005. What is the other uh, show he was on? He hosted SNL in December of Okay, okay. But that's, that's what I'm saying is that's... Don't watch it. it oh, it's really bad. <laughs> Don't watch it. <laughs> he, he doesn't do stuff like that, even though, as I kind of outlined in the SNL episode, he feels like someone who would do stuff like that because he's so genial. Uh, but no, he did like these two guest appearances to promote Alexander and was like, never again. <laughs> mm. I will do prestige miniseries. I will do advertorial fantasy epics. I am not showing up on fucking Ted Lasso or whatever. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen Ted Lasso, but I from, from like the concept of like an American soccer show. I mean, it could work with Colin Farrell. Yes, I. Yeah. So Ted Lasso was a Bill Lawrence show, right? 
Oh, is it? Yes, uh, okay. yes which is Scrubs. I'm getting is also initiated adult. right now into like the Bill Lawrence uh, yeah, universe, so, the Bill Lawrence television universe. Here's the thing about Ted Lasso. Never seen an episode of Ted Lasso. I think Scrubs is fine. I think Clone High, which was his first big show, mm. is kind of genius. Uh, though I might want to give credit to Lord and Miller on that front, even though I don't like Lord and Miller, it feels more of their sensibility than his, because all three of them were showrunners on Clone High. Um, I have been wont to say that seasons two and three of Cougar Town, which is his other big show, are probably the best television has ever been, and I am not being hyperbolic. Cougar Town is a work of sheer brilliance. It's the golden child that comes out of Scrubs. It's insanely good if you can get past the title. It is not a show about cougars. It is What's literally the premise a of show. Cougar Nothing. It's about okay. a couple friends who live in a cul-de-sac in the suburbs and drink a lot of wine. What state is the suburb? In? Florida. Oh. That makes, it's that literally just about Courtney Cox and Jordan from Scrubs and a few other people drinking wine and chilling out it's bliss oh and busy phillips it is bliss um if it's like nancy myers it's complicated distilled yes. into a three season television show it is it is truly like taking the idea that seinfeld was a show about nothing as a dare because seinfeld is in fact about like a million like hypertense incidents that circulate around shit that is unimportant, right? Cougar Town is a show where, where yeah, nothing happens. They just hang out. It's it's so good. Um, <laughs> Ted Lasso is his new big show. Everyone's not fucking. I don't understand. Like what you're saying doesn't sound good to me, but <laughs> sure. Can can I can I say <laughs> something? Perhaps yeah. hyperbolic. Ted Lasso is bad. Okay. Just, just one. Connor, let me address that point. Um, the sitcom is a game of character, right? People say it's mm -hmm. a situation comedy, but that's honestly almost a bad terminology because what the sitcom actually is, when it's at its best, is about familiar characters interacting, right? You you put yeah. the you put the 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 Cheers gang in Cheers. And the, the formulaic aspect of the sitcom isn't a hindrance. It's like the magic from which the performance is born. Cougar okay. Town manages to strip all the bullshit away to just be that. It's probably not actually as good as Cheers. But it's so good. Ted Lasso. That's a good case, Cole. You, should write, you should write something on that. That's my case for Cougar Town. Real ones know about Cougar Town. Um... When Ted Lasso came out, I tweeted something about um, how I was morally opposed to television programming based on advertisements, mm. uh, which I am, because I don't know if you guys know this, but... Was it an advertisement or was it like a Sunday night football? It was, an, it was an ad for the fact that NBC was showing the Premier League. Back in, back in 2012, okay. NBC got the rights to show British football in the u.s and so they ran these like lengthy ads with jason sudeikis as this american coach going to england as kind of like the american who was on he was in the yeah, nbc he's, wheelhouse he's in the NBC. He on, yeah exactly yeah. that's what that show is based on i tweeted something did not name names did not tag anyone uh 
that I, I think it's morally wrong to watch television based on advertising because advertising is a curse. Uh, this show will never have ads on it, by the way. Um, and Bill Lawrence him fucking self, not tagged, not mentioned, show wasn't mentioned, tweets at me basically saying, like, you're lost. Uh, and I am Teddy. <laughs> I How did and that? I have never watched Ted Lasso. I remember this seeing this oh. live because I was just I opened Twitter and I was just scrolling, and I just happened to see Cole's tweet respond by Bill Lawrence. I was like, "What <laughs> shit has he gotten himself into this time?" I am blameless. I am how did it go? Blameless. How did it? How did it end up to him? If you didn't mention anybody, I don't know. He's hunted. He's wow. clearly hunted. It's like how if you say Maybe the word, he's a secret admirer. Cool. Maybe I'm on some like weird list because I used to tweet about how good Cougar Town was, which I still do. Um, it's all. It's also funny that Ted Lasso, based on an NBC Sports character, uh, airs on Apple TV. Yes. Because like it's I not understand good enough for why, but I would agree. Uh, I watched six episodes, couldn't get into it. But this is not a show about Ted Lasso. Thank. God. Oh, Jeff, by the way, uh, question. Answer. Who's more likely to show up in the MCU? Harry Styles or the guy from Ted Lasso? Hasn't Harry Styles already been in Well, yeah, that's what Harry I'm saying. Styles so has the guy from Ted Lasso. They both got post-credits. Oh, stingers. oh shit, Who's you're more right. likely to come yeah. back? Harry Styles says the end of Eternals. Uh, oh, Jeff, is Eternals a good movie, by the way? I will have to reevaluate. I remember thinking it was okay when I saw it, but you've kind of turned me around on this. See, you turned me around. I quoted on, I was it last week, Connor, or was it the Alexander episode? It was the Alexander hey, episode because we were talking about Alexander Angelina Jolie. Yeah. I quoted what you said to me after Eternals came out, and you gave it a good review. And I was like, and that kind of has me convinced it might be good. Which, to repeat what Jeff said is, spoilers for Eternals, uh, it's a movie about a bunch of robots debating if they can kill God. How am I not going <laughs> to like it? <laughs> okay, yes, you're correct. I just got Thor, Love and Thunder, and Eternals wrapped around in my head there. Oh, one of those is a real movie, and one of those is not. <laughs> Harry Styles shows yeah. at the end of Eternals. What's his face from Ted Lasso shows at the end of Thor, Love and Thunder. And it, I think Harry, Harry Styles is going to come back. Oh, man, yeah, it's a tough one. His stock is tanks. Uh, this is the Scrubs episode, everyone. We're so off topic. I'm very sick and my brain is on fire. Uh, and we're going to talk about a nice show about nice doctors and one deeply, deeply irritating doctor. <laughs> uh, are you guys so, Scrubs people? And a janitor. And a janitor. Don't Most leave the janitor, janitor out, man. <laughs> the janitor is so important. I have that. a lot of Scrubs, you know, backstory. You do. So, Tell me. Fun fact, Scrubs is one of the only six TV shows I've seen in completion. That's insane. I was a in high school. I was a huge Scrubs guy. I watched every episode of Scrubs to the extent that I also wrote a parody of Scrubs in high school about my what? high school. What was it called? <laughs> I think it was literally called Untitled Scrubs. <laughs> I don't think I ever got any further. I was trying to find it, um, but Adobe like deleted all my script formats from high school, so no. they're all gone. So I was so using like Adobe Text or something like that. When you say you watched every Scrubs episode, do you mean you also watched season nine of Scrubs? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I watched season nine, baby. Connor, are you a Scrubs person? Uh. No, but I I I know what happens with the with the season nine, the quote unquote final season of of Scrubs. Yeah, which yeah, 
The ninth season of Scrubs is a soft reboot of Scrubs. Scrubs the next generation, you could say. Yeah, well, it was uh, this thing. It was supposed to be officially labeled as a spinoff. Yes. Um, It was supposed to be a first season of a new show called Scrubs Med School with only Zach Braff and John McGinley sticking around and a whole new cast. And I think Don Faison was in a bit. But it was really like a whole new cast with the old guys popping up occasionally. They ended up making it the last season of Scrubs, which is bizarre. I am probably the only person in the world who has watched every episode of season nine of Scrubs and not every episode of Scrubs. Because season nine of Scrubs is good. Why why did you? Oh. Because it's really interesting take. I didn't see that coming. That is actually good. Eliza Coop, Carrie Bechet, Dave Franco. That's your new cast. They're like, good. okay, you know what else they're good in season eight of Scrubs? Um, Are they in season eight of Scrubs? Yeah, they like they soft launch most of those characters. Blowing my mind, I thought they were yeah. introduced in season nine. I don't that think is- all of them are in season eight, but they soft launch like half of them in season eight, and then when they the whole spinoff gets turned into the ninth season, and everyone's pissed about it. But it was good. Uh, I just I get. get- Excuse me. I get why people are annoyed. My history with Scrubs is that I have probably seen about half of Scrubs. Mm-hmm. I have like made concentrated efforts to watch like the first couple seasons and then bowed out. And like I said, I was just like, I'm just going to watch season nine because it's a soft reboot <laughs> when it airs back in the day. Um, and then I, I could be completely cut. wrong, but I I think my parents watch Scrubs often. Yeah. Just and show your parents watch. My physical therapist. So they both did um residencies in hospitals uh before they became private practitioners when when i was born um so i think there's you know that's a world that they know very well and but i i didn't watch it when i was growing up uh, I, i've seen a few episodes here and there i've seen enough of the show to like understand the formula of the show and to understand like the aesthetic nature of it and how it works yeah i do think it's like it you know it's 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 all right it's it's pretty i wouldn't i don't know if i would go so far to say it's like one of the best sitcoms but it's far from the worst it is not one of the best sitcoms um it's single camera uh, which is cool because not a lot of that an inferior sitcom format i'm sorry the uh, thing that's fun about I, don't know. Scrubs. I think if it I think if a single camera sitcom like gets the speed of sitcom humor correct, yeah. which I think Scrubs does for the most part, it works and it's interesting. I don't. Um you don't think I so? don't. I think I think a single camera sitcom basically needs to be 30 rock to justify being a single camera sitcom. Uh, I, which is as in what? As in rock? sheer genius and just like such an unrelenting deluge of jokes that you couldn't do it uh, multicam. The rhythm See, of that show is too fast to do okay. live. That's why the live episodes are bad. See, if I had watched another sitcom, I might be uh, perchance to agree with you. But as it stands, this is the only sitcom I've ever seen uh, in full. I feel like this in the I've office... watched Friends in Full and I've watched How I Met Your Mother in Full. This and The Office are like, I feel like the two great normie standard bearer single camera sitcoms of the era. Uh, And How I Met Your Mother is the great standard bearer normie multicam sitcom of the era. And How I Met Your Mother fucking 
windmill dunks on scrubs any day of the week. I am sorry. What are the other shows you watched, all of Jeff? I don't know about a windmill dunk. I would maybe rewatch a couple episodes of How I Made Windmill dunk. <laughs> okay, Look, so wait, can I guess? Can yeah, I can guess? you guess these six TV shows I've seen in full? Scrubs. Yes. And I, I do want to emphasize I'm discounting anything that currently is like still a show that's airing. Oh, you just Even if my I've... bit. Can I do my bit? Yeah, do your bit. Scrubs, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars The Clone Wars, the old one, and Star Wars The Clone Wars, the new one. You're, you're missing Rebels, but... And Re- Why didn't no. it have a certain yeah. spot? The old one's not a TV show, I don't think. Yeah, it is. It had a yeah, it's, time a, it's an anthology. Isn't it an anthology feature? I was there. I was in the streets. The trenches. It had, it had a regular time slot on Cartoon Network. Okay. All right. I mean, we're talking. Are you talking about the the Gendy Tartakovsky one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That aired in like tiny chunks. That had like a five minute time slot. Truly. Yeah, but it's not considered in in whole as a anthology feature. Well, now people consider it in whole as an anthology feature. Cowards, because it's it so fun. short that they can just play it as a single work. Um. Anyway, I am I am like the right amount of Scrubs mm-hmm. knowledgeable. Where I started this episode, and I was like, I don't think I've seen this one before. And then, like halfway <laughs> through, I was like, I think I've seen this one before. Um, no, it's funny because I've so. seen all of Scrubs before, but it's been a while since I've watched any of it. And so I went back into this, and I was really surprised how quickly it all just came back to me. That's wild. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the one where he gets the three vasectomies, and uh, Colin gets arrested. He comes back at the end. Uh, I'm like, how do I remember this? I haven't seen the show in, like, five now years. I'm worried, now I'm worried that you're going to body Connor in the game I have planned. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's about scrubs. It's I about mean. scrubs. <laughs> I was hoping for slightly less knowledge. Um. So, Jeff, before we get into the episode, I do have to ask, uh, why did you pick this one from the list of things you could talk about, given that you are famously a coward who doesn't believe television is worthy of talking about? Well, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to do it. Okay. Was um, on my show, we don't talk about TV. And then when you told me we're doing TV, I was like, well, that would be, that might be fun to do scrubs, jump back into the old... uh, you know what else would be fun? Yeah. Doing the Brendan Fraser episode of Scrubs. The worst episode of Scrubs. Um, no, 99 episodes on Welcome Back, Cotter <laughs> would probably be a little fun. It's only 89 because he's not in a few. Fine. Uh, Tom, Jeff has a podcast about uh, Brendan Fraser that you should listen to, even though Brendan Fraser is a shitty actor for babies. Um, he used wow. to have a podcast about – that is the official position of this podcast. Uh, he used to have a podcast about John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, and ever since that show started, like literally before episodes were out, I was like, you doing Cotter? You doing Welcome Back, Cotter? You're doing every episode of Welcome Back, Cotter? We, Connor, the thing we were like, we were like, if we do Welcome Back, Cotter, the first like minimum 80 episodes of the show are just Welcome Back, Cotter. And by the time also, we finally get to Saturday Night Fever, no one is listening. I also want to say, admittedly, it was easy for us to say we were going to do the TV because there is so little tv that colin has ever done mm. the substantial tv are many are, are yeah. it's, a, 
it's essentially a mini series and an actual mini series. Yeah, it's know? too many. Yeah, it's too many series that we yeah. want to do. And then we we're like, oh, these could be fun. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when the Supreme Court ruled in Bush v. Gore in 2000, uh, they put a clause in the decision that said that the decision could not be used for legal precedence in future court rulings. Uh, the only time the uh, the Supreme Court has ever done that. Uh, I am invoking the Bush clause for us doing TV in the future. Just so you Howard. know. So no one – I'm, hey, I'm not saying we're not going to do it. I'm I just think saying – I well, no, no, no. I think Cole and I made an unofficial rule out of the gate that if the single stretch of an actor's place on a television series is longer than ten episodes or ten hours, that we we have to like reconsider like a different mm -hmm. mechanism. Yeah, we got to figure something out. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to do every given time. Hypothetically, the like twenty single appearances that Daniel Kaluuya has made on British TV shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to do an episode on each episode of those things he did. Or hypothetically, I, like the very beginning of Amy Adams's. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to do Amy yeah. Adams's Buffy episode. I do want to do True Detective season two. I do want to do the Penguin like that. We will be doing. We will be doing um, Austin Butler on Hannah Montana though. Write that down. As we sure, I'll put them in the spreadsheet. It's in the canon. <laughs> it's going. It's going on the list of future subjects. You can't back out of it now. We're doing. We're doing Hannah Montana, but we're not doing. The canon. <laughs> Is he on Hannah Montana? <laughs> okay, he's in. He's in one episode of Hannah Montana. He's essentially a background actor in Hannah Montana. But I, I did personally want to do this because I was like, it's probably fun to see Colin Farrell, like, pop up in an episode of Scrubs. Again, yeah. having forgotten that I've definitely seen this episode before. Uh, was it fun? I don't know. Well, the thing that, because I looked up why he did this. Ooh, I don't know if you me. guys did. So no. originally, so Zach Braff and Donald Faison do a podcast now called yes. Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Yes. And they've covered every episode of Scrubs. And yes. I originally intended to listen to their episode on this. I had the thought. And I started listening to it, realized it was over an hour long, and simply did not have the time. It's... So I, I found an article online that summarized what they said in their episode. Well, what did they say? Basically, the, you know, Colin's appearance in this comes down to, like, they wrote the role for him. They wanted oh, him to shit. do it, and he was hesitant. And basically what they said was that if you do it, you can donate your money to a charity of your choice and defer your check. And he's did, like, all right, I'll do it. Oh. Did, so, they say, did they say what charity? Um, it went to a children's hospital in Ireland that he uh, frequently works yeah. with. We, we talked about this last week, but his oldest son is about a year old. When mm -hmm. he does this episode at this at the uh, point yeah at the point of time of this episode was... and I I think yeah not right now no 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 his oldest okay. son was born in two thousand four um, yeah. I think I don't know when his oldest son was diagnosed but his oldest son has uh, Angelman syndrome which is a pretty severe mental and physical developmental disorder mm -hmm. um, so I could see him wanting that's why I was asking I was like I bet he gave it to yeah. the hospital that is working on his kid. Um, to try to figure out how to help his kid. Uh, good guy, Colin Farrell. The thesis of this podcast is that he's a <laughs> sweetheart. And and this whole episode is about what if a guy was nice and sweet? 
So that's yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jeff, you want to run through a synopsis of what happens in this episode, and then I want to touch on that because I think that's the most interesting thing about this episode. Yeah. So this episode, uh, it's season four, episode 14 of Scrubs. The episode's called My Lucky Charm, uh, very subtle. Um, and so basically the structure of this episode is we're following our lead characters, Turk and JD, um, who are both kind of settling into the malaise of their lives. They're not really finding much excitement. They do the same routines every day. Uh, likewise with their partners, uh, Carla and Elliot, who are also just doing the same routines every day. But all their lives get changed when suddenly a patient gets brought in who was beat up in a bar fight with his Irish brother. Uh, so they go in, the patient's knocked out, they meet Colin Farrell, who's playing the Irish brother, played Billy, named Billy. Um, and after, you know, some life lessons and charming of the hospital staff, they discover that Billy is not, in fact, the guy's brother, but just felt bad for him because he had punched him in the face and was responsible for him going unconscious. And so he decided to bring him to the hospital and make sure he was well taken care of before he uh, sauntered off to Florence as he says at the end of the episode. Turk and JD call the cops on him, uh, feeling it is their duty to report that he assaulted this man. Um, he gets arrested. He doesn't hold it against them. Uh, the next day, he comes back. They offer their apologies to him and thank him for changing the way that they view their lives um, by always just seeking out and uh, living life to the fullest extent. And that's roughly the plot of the episode. Dr. Cox also gets three vasectomies. And and there's a, a cat fight because it's 2000 and what, 2006, I think? 2005. 2005. I said that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Guys, I'm so sick. My brain is not <laughs> working. Um, the thing I think is interesting about this episode is, you know, Connor, we kind of... And the janitor busted chops. The janitor does bust yeah. chops. He started Let us not forget. Chops. Yeah, the, the, he busts the, chops. The, the bit with the janitor is the janitor has decided to stop being an asshole and start being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Right, like I don't get <laughs> what's going on there. I think they just needed to give Neil Flynn something to do. Um, this show very quickly runs out of things for Neil Flynn to do. Yeah, to the extent that I believe yeah. they actually stopped writing dialogue for him for some episodes and just wrote Neil will riff. Yeah, in the script. Um, we've been talking about how there's a bit of a disconnect between Colin Farrell, the tabloid celebrity. Mm. in this era and Colin Farrell the the actor in this era uh cuz you don't see that like irascible womanizing bad boy energy on screen basically ever in the movies he makes during this period nope um yeah. they're they're really trying to make him just another like straight-laced action hero and it's not mm. working this is the big i think interrogation of the Colin Farrell persona that it's he's the closest done. we've gotten. And I think it's interesting that it is such a whitewashing of that and it's persona. Funny, it's <laughs> just on scrubs where this happens. Like just on scrubs. A generic Irish stereotype that happens to be played by Colin Farrell. Mm. Who's like yeah. so charming and all the women want to sleep with and like gets into bar fights, but there's no consequences to that. It really feels like they're trying to like put a smiley face on this guy's demons even at the extent of the demons aren't super known at this point um and again it's interesting that it's scrubs right yeah 
which I when think did this is episode air? January, January 2005. He might have been in rehab by this point. Ooh, that's a good question. When does he wrap Miami Vice? Let me check. Because I think um, they shoot that in 2005. When he's do he doesn't do the press run on the new on the new world. Sorry, there are, there's a fire truck going by my apartment right now. <laughs> he he does not do the the press on the new world because he is in rehab at that time, and the press run falls solely on Christian Bale. That's a full year later. I think you get your so, timelines a little confused. It's still it's still 2005. That's why I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, when, January, but that yeah. movie comes out Christmas 2005. It comes out um, Christmas. I can okay. I can yeah. also say this. Um, I can tell you right now that they were still shooting Miami Vice into October 2005. Hmm. So if the story is as he said that he goes into rehab right after wrapping that, that's that's a year away. So he's still in the throes of the really problems. bad drug and alcohol yeah. addiction. That would um, make sense because people don't go to rehab for entire years. Yeah. Um, so, you know. And they, I suppose they probably wouldn't have done this if his issues were as well known necessarily. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense, though, that this is the one because, like, of course it is. You write for Colin Farrell and you're mm -hmm. on a sitcom and you have to, like, reduce people to their iconic elements. And if this guy hasn't really proven himself as an actor as of yet, you're going to want to rely on the persona. But yep. because it's a sitcom, the persona has to be squeaky clean. So we're left with this weird, like, reputation laundering attempt on behalf of Zach Braff. <laughs> and which, almost seems, which almost seems more true to the Colin Farrell <laughs> that we maybe, have come to understand. Maybe. Yeah. Well, something I find interesting um, is that Scrubs, you know, it wasn't like a heavy guest star show. It, but it would yeah. do like a few every season. Yes. Um, the two big ones that everyone talks about are Brennan Fraser and Colin Farrell. And I find it interesting that both of their appearances are in some way, like you were saying, something of a public interrogation of their persona. Because even though we don't cover TV on our show, something I find interesting about Scrubs character is that he's basically just playing a nice guy who doesn't want to bother anyone and gets himself killed for it. Yes. Spoilers for Scrubs. Yeah, Brendan Fraser dies. Sorry. Um, Did, whereas, uh, and it's the exact same thing with Colin Farrell, I mean, except with a more optimistic ending in the show. But there's something about this show in particular that kind of attempts at these... I think it's bad writing. Mm -hmm. right? Ask you a Scrubs canon question. Yeah. Yes. Cox's girlfriend or, or wife is yes. that Brendan Fraser's sister yes if I remember correctly yes. okay well we have spoiled the game oh <laughs> we were gonna play <laughs> all right later sorry I've That's seen okay. episodes I just I haven't watched the whole thing and nor was I um like a devout watcher of scrub so it kind of the information is kind of seeped in and and, and most of it is yeah. left by this point in I time. mean would you would you like to play a game Sure. At this moment, since we're talking about, I'd love stars. to play a game. Yeah. Okay. So, like Jeff said, there are not that many guest stars on Scrubs, but they did get a fair amount a couple of seasons. I have here a list of twelve characters 
played by guest stars on the television program Scrubs. Here's how this is going to work. We're going to alternate back and forth. I'm going to read you guys a sentence describing the character lifted from the Scrubs wiki. Right? <laughs> if you can get it off that, I'll give you two points. If you need a hint, I have the project that IMDb says is their number one slot in their known for. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Let's go. So if it. I said something like, oh, what's his name? Billy comes in with his brother after his brother is knocked out in a bar fight. You'd say Colin Farrell. If you needed a hint, I would probably say the Batman because I haven't looked it up. But I'm <laughs> guessing it's the Batman. Um, so you think Jeff, so? You think the Batman is the would be number see. one for him? Let's see. It might I don't, I, too soon. I, I got it up. It's the lobster. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. way better. Way better than so, the Batman. Jeff, Wait, these are his known for is the lobster in Bruges, SWAT, the Batman. SWAT. <laughs> that's the no that's the Mount Rushmore right there. That's the Mount Rushmore right there. Um, God, false. False. So th these are going to go in chronological order. Jeff, as you're a guest, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. I have 12 questions here. So you're getting the evens. Connor's going to close it up. All right, Jeff, first, first guest yes. up. Ben, ben Sullivan is Jordan Sullivan's brother. And despite Dr. Cox having divorced his sister, he and Cox are very close. Brendan Fraser. That is, that is Brendan Fraser, that, like we said, <laughs> the big one. Connor. Right. Harvey is a massive hypochondriac. He is near incapable of believing that he is in good health and constantly visits the hospital believing he's sick. Yeah, this is great that. casting, by the way. All right, give me, hit me with the IMDb. <laughs> Argo. It's not, wait, it's not Ben Affleck. No. Jeff, do you want to steal? No points, but can you steal? It's Richard yeah. Kind, yeah? Yeah, it's Richard Kind. <laughs> He's the a... guy you want playing a hypochondriac. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Yeah. Spence is Turk and JD's college friend who visits them during their second year at Sacred Heart. Oh, God. Hit me with the first IMDb. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. God, who is... I've done no editorializing here. It's Deadpool 2. No, I, I believe you. The mm -hmm. thing is, I'm, like, envisioning this character in my mind. Deadpool 2 I can is think the of a shot he's in. Yeah. On the their first IMDb. Known for, yeah. Can you not get it? Uh, wait. I give up. All right, Jeff, you're about to be so mad. I'm it's, about it's, Ryan, it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is this is one of the only ones of these I remember watching, and I really liked this character. Connor. Dr. Doug Townsend is Dr. Kelso's close friend, colleague, and opposite, the anti-Kelso, in terms of being pleasant, friendly, and having a much more relaxed work ethic than Kelso. No. I'm uh, not gonna get it. This cat is in Mary Poppins. Oh, it's a uh, um Dick Van Dyke? It's Dick Van Dyke. Really? Oh, yeah. bro, man. I like those episodes. Or is it just the one? I can't even remember. I've never a few. seen those episodes. Yeah. yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Yes. Dr. Kevin Casey was a talented doctor and surgeon that worked at a visiting doctor at Sacred Heart Hospital temporarily. He suffers from obsessive compulsive disorder. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Yeah. Fox. Not seen that one. All right, Connor. 
Murray is an air traffic controller at a very small airport within scooter driving distance of Sacred Heart. Do you know this? JD oh. tracks Murray down when his father is in the hospital needing a kidney transplant. No. This is unfortunately uh, the guy from Breaking Bad who uh, causes yes, the this is, a ATC yeah. crash. <laughs> uh, what if I told you their most known project is Friends? Is you it have a one in three shot here? Yeah. Is it Matthew Perry? It's Perry. Yeah. These are just boring characters, by the way. <laughs> See, this one's fun. Jeff. Denise first became an EMT after she had an experience with helpful EMTs and an accident she was involved with. Dr. Cox is forced to ride an ambulance with her in order to fulfill his community service requirements. It's not Courtney Cox, is it? It's not Courtney Cox. You okay. want the hint? Yeah, hit me with the hint. Superstar. Superstar. The film Superstar. The beloved yeah. American classic Superstar. Not the Todd Haynes movie. The other one. <laughs> Wait, the uh, only one I'm thinking of is the Todd Haynes movie. I'm not you guys don't know it. this movie? No. Superstar is the Molly Shannon starring vehicle. And is it Molly Shannon? It's Molly Shannon. Uh, Julie is 23 years old. She's very klutzy and kind of geeky. Just like JD, she often drifts into fantasies. That's for you, Connor. Nothing. Best known for A Walk to Remember. I've never seen A Walk to Remember. Well, who's in a walk to remember? Um, Who is the star of a walk to remember? I don't. Uh, I don't know. It is. It is Mandy Moore, slumming okay. it on Scrubs because she is dating Zach Braff at the time. <laughs> Zach Braff, just like unbelievable roster, <laughs> unbelievable roster. He, he must have game. I don't. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, this one I've never seen. I want to see. Uh, Mr. Sutton is a garbage man with a pet ostrich who JD treats at Sacred Heart Hospital. <laughs> That's for you, Jeff. Now, I am just taking this from Scrubs. How did I forget I, about this? I don't know if JD is treating Mr. Sutton or the ostrich. <laughs> the, ostrich. The, the grammar is unclear. Or the ostrich. <laughs> this hint. feels like I should know this. This <laughs> feels like it's probably a good episode. Uh, your hint is Arrested Development. Is it Will Arnett? It is Bateman. I am sorry. Okay. That's wow. Bateman, pet ostrich, garbage man. Come on, you're cooking. Sounds good. Uh, I'm like looking him up right now. Dr. Lester Hendrick is the grief counselor at Sacred Heart Hospital. Dr. Hendrick is very frank about death. Hendrick, sorry. Some doctors find him extremely annoying, especially Dr. Cox, who is annoyed because Hendrick seems strangely impervious to his threats. That's for you, Connor. Um, I don't know who Dr. Hendricks is. Uh, he's from The Kids in the Hall. Great Canadian sketch comedy program, The Kids in the Hall. Well, I don't know what the hell that is. So. What? <laughs> yeah. The Kids gotta in watch the Hall. Kids in the Hall. What the fuck? Jeff, haven't I, you done brain candy on your podcast? Yeah. In Connor, in your defense, I would not have watched any of Kids in the Hall if it wasn't for the fact that Brendan Fraser's in the movie. Based on the TV the show. The kids <laughs> in the hall fucking rules. Uh, listeners, go to www.youtube.com and type in the words running faggot into the uh, search bar uh, and watch like one of the Look. greatest sketches hey. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Dave Foley? It's Dave! Okay. Jeff doesn't get the point. Uh, one of the kids was gay. That's what the joke is. Um, mm. Let's see here. 
All right, Jeff, this is your last one. Uh, Melody O'Hara is Elliot Reed's sorority sister. She and JD have made out, but just for fun. Melody has a rule that she'll make out with anybody as long as it never goes further than kissing. Melody O'Hara. Um, God, what's... Is this Tara Reed? This is not Tara Reed. Okay. Uh, I did not put Tara Reed or Elizabeth Banks in here because I figured they were be- they went beyond guest starring. They mm. were like on the show. New Jersey did you also fame Tara Reed? Do you also not include Heather Graham? You mean Heather Locklear? Yes. I don't think Heather Graham was ever on Scrubs. I did not include Heather Locklear. No, I actually think Heather Graham was on. Was on- she? Yeah, was? Heather-, Heather Graham does yeah. half a season. Then she wasn't in the list of guest stars I was looking yeah. at. Yeah, Heather Graham uh, uh, played a doctor named Molly Clock on wow. Scrubs for like um, eight episodes. The, the reason why it's important to mention Heather Graham is because of the six TV shows that I've seen, one third of them feature Heather Graham <laughs> as a character who's written in as a love interest for the main character and then written out halfway through. What, uh, what are the other two? It it is this and Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, she is on Twin Peaks. Both TV shows where Heather Graham is written in randomly as a love interest for the lead, and then they decide we don't need her anymore and get rid of that. That spoils it because what I was hoping, what I was hoping was that the other five were all also doctor shows. <laughs> that the six <laughs> oh, you see the completion are all doctor shows. Chicago Med. <laughs> Jeff, your hit, your hint is Felicity. Felicity. Um. That's Jennifer Gardner. No, we know that is the other. No, that's name that, drop though. That's Alias, which is a show that yeah, is ripping yeah. off Felicity. Uh, you're not getting the point, but what if I told you she's in your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time. The famously, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, God, this fucking. I know movie. who this is. I knew. Who, I know. Who <laughs> Do you want to steal for is. no points? If he's not gonna get it, Carrie yeah, Russell. It's yeah, Carrie Russell. You don't yeah. get a point because I told you to write Skywalker. You know what's funny? Is I re- I just recorded two episodes of Fraser's Edge like two hours ago, and uh-huh. we talked about Carrie Russell for about 20 minutes. And I couldn't get that. It's embarrassing. Too bad it wasn't Shirley Henderson. Oh, yeah. Cole would have lost his mind. Cole would have, Cole, Cole's head would have, he would have had a stroke and died if we're watching Scrubs and Shirley Henderson shows up. I, I truly would have. I love her. Yeah. Um, I'm about to die anyway. Uh, Connor, your last one is Dr. Taylor Maddox was the chief of medicine in Sacred Heart, filling the position after Dr. Kelso quit. She was fired when the hospital staff convinced Dr. Kelso to use his influence over the board members to fire her. No, man. I don't know. She was on Scrubs. <laughs> that's the, that's the, sorry, that's sorry, sorry. She was on Friends. Fuck. <laughs> she was on Friends. <laughs> I'm. And she's been mentioned I... on this episode already. Oh man, it's Courtney Cox. It's Courtney Cox. <laughs> she's right. on Scrub. You know what, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff, you won that, uh, but it was only four three. Connor, you did a pretty good showing. What are the other Jeff? What are the other four shows that you've seen through completion? Would you like to guess, or do you want me to just go through it? I don't think I know you well enough to guess what, what that's fair would be. Yeah, the the six TV shows that I've seen in completion are Scrubs. Wait, Twin do you Peaks. want maybe? Do you want to give me genres for the other four? Yes, I could sure. Guess, yeah. So one of them is sci-fi. Sci-fi is it Firefly? 
No, it's older. It's older. It's not Battlestar. Older. Is it one of the Star Treks? It is. Is it Next Generation? It is older. It's the OG Star Trek. Yeah, the original okay. series. Um, the next one is a um, um, true crime thriller. True crime thriller. Uh, true crime in quotes. The last decade. Yes. Is it like a one season or is it like two a seasons? Season two seasons. True crime in quotes. Is it a mind hunter? Yes. Okay. So that's uh, so that's four. That's four. One of them is fantasy. You'll probably get this pretty quick. Game of Thrones. Yes. Okay. And the last run is a superhero show. Superhero show. Is it Smallville? Uh, it's more recent. More it's not super recent, but it's more recent. I The CW shows, I don't think anybody has watched the full run of them. Yeah, those are a money like laundering racket. One. So, so it's not going to be one of those. Is it... Uh, it's not super. Is it one of the? Is it Netflix Daredevil? It is Netflix Daredevil. Okay. Yeah. A, a, a show that's that a, that's a decently round list of completed shows. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's funny about Daredevil is that I watched the first two seasons, skipped over his appearances in like Defenders or whatever <laughs> that was, and then yeah. just watched the third season. And you're like, why the hell is he like bandaged up? <laughs> yeah, why, like, all messed why is he up, in yeah. a collapsed building? <laughs> That's pretty funny. But oh, no, like, I'm just so averse to watching TV because of the time commitment. I am and those too. Are the I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. And those yeah. are the six shows that I've inexplicably put the time into watching in full. Yeah. And it's funny because Cole's also in a very similar boat. Um, yeah. Where, you know, it's, it's some like, they're, they're Clearly, clearly, we all have a, a recognition of the fact that, like, an elongated sitcom can do stuff with character character mm. work that films just are incapable of doing because of yeah. the, the time constraints that they're under. But I think for the interest that Cole and I have, and and maybe you'll agree, uh, with with the conciseness of films, they just have something so much more potent to say yeah. and. They have such a higher degree of like aesthetic clarity that television, it's almost like impossible yeah. for television to achieve just because of the sheer amount of resources that need to go in to be able to, to be able to have a finished product that meets the time commitment that television needs to like. Yeah. And that's very much summer. like it comes down to, you know, the old saying is like TV, you shoot a schedule, movies, you shoot a script. Yeah. And so, like, you know, you, I work on a TV show. You Like, there's incredible time constraints. It's like, you have two hours to shoot this scene where a main character dies. And you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Um, but no, that that's something that I liked. To bring us back to the topic, um, Something I that's something I always liked about Scrubs when I was watching. And like, like I said, I haven't watched the show in a decent number of years. But something I always liked was that Scrubs was always had that commitment to character at its heart and would like follow these characters through lines, like actually commit to them. 
yeah. if a character got married, like they were, you were going to have to watch like season or two of them dealing with that. If they had a kid, you're going to have to watch them deal with the kid. The show never really wrote out a plot line except for Heather Graham, which was <laughs> just so funny it's, to me. It does really feel like kind of a, a forebearer of the serialized sitcom. Yeah. Uh, that I feel like becomes much more common where I feel like even contrasting it to a show like How I Met Your Mother, mm. which I do think is its big the yin to its yang, as it were. Um, you know, that show was much more like the the old Buffy X-Files model of like standalone story episodes, standalone story episodes. Mm. Scrubs, it feels like everything just low-level seeds yeah. until the season finales. Yeah, it because... definitely feels like something like New Girl could not be done without Scrubs yes. being able to walk before New Girl could run yeah. with the same idea. The same aesthetic concept yeah. and, and even problems. watching this episode like dr cox's vasectomy ends up being a major plot line episodes down like seasons down the line yeah because it he stops using protection and then it turns out the vasectomy didn't work and he uh has another kid yeah i actually think i think in general the the great strength that that kind of model of light continual serialization for scrubs like the, the the best example of it is the cox jordan arc mm. over the entire course of the show because it never because of how they modulate th th those stories and how they move things forward it never feels like because they don't have to be like and now this is the jordan Dr. Cox episode that moves their plot forward. They never have to have a destination in mind, which mm -hmm. means a destination can be a more freewheeling thing. And that's how you engineer this super interesting couple who at the start of the show are divorced. You have basically yeah. an eight season comedy of remarriage happening as C plots on an American sitcom. And I think it's the best. I mean, well, Jeff, who's the best character on Scrubs? Um, it's Dr. Cox. You think it's Cox? I think it's Jordan. It's Dr. Cox. See, I think it's Jordan. Mm. Uh, I that... think I, I would put Cox at three. I would slot Carla in there because mm. I fucking love Carla. Carla's great. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not anti-Cox. I assume you're not anti-Jordan. Yeah. No, absolutely not. No. Connor, do you have a dog in this fight? Not really. Yeah. Connor's going to reveal himself as the secret brath head. <laughs> no, no. McGinley, McGinley's from New Jersey. All right, I no yeah. longer like. Uh, he Dr. went to Cox. he went to high school with my friend's mom. Do you do you want to play the music? I I don't I don't know. Oh my I, god, what is this? Every everything I see, uh, McGinley in, I'm. He's you know he's like we just spoke about Oliver Stone. He's in like half of Oliver Oliver Stone's yep. output. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Do you think he qualifies, Cole? Um, like, I don't well, want to be mean all, about it, but well, yeah. Let me let me make my case, and if this is your bit, so you can tell me if he qualifies. But first, I don't know I'm enough say, about him other than like he's Doctor Cox, and Al Pacino breaks his nose in any given Sunday, and he's like the guy. In first of all, that's not. Um, yeah. uh, what's his face? Um, the the bad guy. In yeah, let you know, me. Yeah. yeah, he's. Let me make the case. 
First of all, I do <laughs> think I do think Dr. Cox is one of like the great sitcom characters of the modern era. And well, can rides... I give a take that he's he's better house? Yes, he's he is better, better house. house. Oh, he's a hundred percent better house. But specifically, the thing I think about Dr. Cox is that um he so rides like like Bill Lawrence can get very treacly very yeah. often, right? I, I think that is in fact a big downfall of Scrubs is how like hug and make up it can be at times and how it's always about that is a fucking and this is the lesson we learned today asset. Yeah, right. He so rides the like acerbic energy um to like add some tension and some conflict and that and some ugliness into that show that spices up and provides a nice contrast to the sappiness and doesn't ruin the sappiness as opposed to say the janitor or Kelso who are often coming in too big, too loud, uh, disrupt, disrupting the energy. If, if the sitcom is the gang game of performance, McGinley is acting his fucking ass off and perfectly like figuring out the tone this character needs to land for what is ultimately kind of a hacky character. That the, aside, the thing that he succeeds at to further your point is when he does take part in like the treacly stuff in the show, it feels yeah. so much more earned coming from his character. You know, I yeah. think Scrubs basically becomes the best show ever if you take out the Braff narration. Will get into this. I have some questions about the narration that yeah we need well, to Well can talk I about. can I can I just finish making my case? Yes, yes. McGinley probably should have been the one who got the Oscar nomination for uh Platoon. He's fucking transcendent in Platoon. Uh He's real fucking good in Platoon. I know he's really good, but I just, I don't know if he's, I don't know. I don't and know then, if that performance is front and center enough to hand an Oscar. Can I just remind you of some movies he was in, in between Platoon and uh, Scrubs uh, that aren't Oliver Stone movies? I'm going to leave the Oliver Stone movies out of here. Mm. Uh, Man was in a little movie called Point Break. Did we forget? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did we forget? I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> He was in High No, Leonard but I, I always I always he think was of in him as like uh, seven. He was in yeah, all, The Rock. Oliver Stone movie. He was in movie. Set It Off. But he's he's intrinsically associated with Oliver Stone in my head. Sure. And he's really good in those movies. But I'm just pointing out that besides those, he's in Point Break, he's in Seven, he's in The Rock, he's in Set It Off, he's in Office Space, he's in Get Carter, he's in identity, right? Like, we almost think too much of McGinley as Cox and not as, like, McGinley was one of the great 90s hard-ass character actors. And he could have stayed doing that. He just went into sitcoms and family films. Yeah, which... But I, I feel like if you know. He, I feel like, Connor, and I'm not putting you on the hot seat, if McGinley <laughs> didn't do Scrubs, I wouldn't have even had to ask the question. You would have talked to him about him like you talked about Johnny Legs when we inducted Leguizamo into this. Not Leguizamo, Pantleano. Pantleano. Yeah, I was like, what? We inducted Pantleano <laughs> in Daredevil. I feel like you would think about McGinley the same way you think about Pantleano. It's your pizzeria. 
That's probably true. I think Pantoliano is iconic in a way that McKinley's not. Um, and I think your... he gives, I agree with you. I think he gives great performances in those films. Um, yeah, Jeff has switched his, which, what is, which one is that? Is that Anne Heche? That is Anne Heche. Is that from a certain Walt Becker movie? No. No, this he is plays. from, this is from a certain NBC cop show, which he oh, did seven episodes on. Oh, I didn't he was on PD. Yeah. He, for, he's on PD. He was Come the on. mayor for a season. And he gets shot. Him, Jeff. I, I I do not mean this disrespectfully. Yeah. At all. Trust me. Okay. I just think this is an observation. If you told told me McGinley was headlining a new Chicago spinoff, yeah, right. I would be like, yes, that is the exact right New York to Chicago energy. Maloney to McGinley is the right <laughs> pairing for those two Dick Wolf franchises. That's what I think about McGinley. I think he's a Maloney-level talent. Isn't Maloney I in fully agree. Yeah, you know what? There wasn't yeah. a good line to call, so I cut Maloney. Maloney did play a pediatrician. I do remember Scrubs. him in Scrubs. Okay, here's uh, here's what I'm here's where I'm gonna land on McGinley. Yeah. I, I just I don't think he's on the wall at okay. all, but like he's gonna get free pizza every time he enters the shop. Like he's never gonna have <laughs> yeah. to pay for the pizza, but he's just not on the wall. So just to clarify, nothing against him. I think he's oh, yeah. a great actor. It just some it's, people just their their careers don't turn out iconically the way that that you you can't I don't know if you can have him up there next to Bruce, man. And that's that's the, that's the problem. Right. So just yeah. to clarify, the current standing of the New Jersey Wall of Fame is Bruce Willis. Kevin Smith, Joey Pants, and a napkin that Tom Cruise signed. <laughs> like it's not quite his picture, but we do got to acknowledge it, right? It's like it's like TC is like carved yeah, into it's the like wall, TC like in the bottom yeah. corner. Yeah. Uh, someone had like a, a someone took their key and just started carving TC into the bottom of the wall. So we aren't inducting McGinley. Are we inducting someone else from this television program? Man, this is the. I this think is, you gotta. This is the issue: is that I would be hard pressed to say no if it wasn't the title of the fucking movie that it's <laughs> known for. So, Cole, I think I think unfortunately, do you I mean, want? I, I don't hate him. to denigrate the good name of New Jersey. I think to I that think you gotta, degree. I think you have to hit the music because <laughs> I think you have to hit the music. Because Zach Braff, who's best known for directing and starring in a film called Garden State, grew up in South Orange, New Jersey. Once you enter this family, there's no getting out. Is this going to be like, am I going to get canceled for this? I don't, I don't know. Do people, what the fuck? Not, do people hate Zach Braff? Like, how I, do people feel I, about Zach I, Braff? I hate Zach Braff personally. Um, it is me, the person who hates Zach Braff. Um, yeah, but I think other people... I, I don't I, I feel know. like other people don't like Zach Braff. He was and in, I just don't care that much yeah. about well, him, you know? The, the, the Pew thing really hurt him because yeah which is it's almost strange that it hurt him so much because it's not like it was this crazy thing where they were like they were like 
it was like cheating exposés and tabloids like that undid it. it it's it's the way that it hurt him is kind of an enigma but i think he was already i think things well, were already tilted in, in a negative direction before the pew thing even started it hurt him because people don't like him mm-hmm. right and, and therefore people didn't like yeah. that pew was dating him and therefore the knives were out from pew heads uh i i of course i'm completely blameless in this i never put out a fatwa on uh zach braff's head when he was dating <laughs> florence pew um my god it's it's so insane that she makes it out of the fucking don't worry darling miasma unscathed right she's fucking bulletproof she's if anything press. like almost has more cachet yeah. after the that one the ended. one time yeah. she's ever worn a good look on a red carpet is when she gets <laughs> off the plane into venice and she's wearing that purple dress <laughs> yeah um yeah she comes out of that so good and then she has to do press for the zach braff movie that may have broken up it's Poor just have you, seen, have you seen that movie an incredible no! fumbling of the bag do you know what that movie is about <laughs> It she, she her her sister in law has died. And I think it's she's the cause of it. Is that yes, she is. Let me pull this up so I'm correct. Um, Does the man not get yeah, she, just a little bit of credit for being the voice of Chicken Little? Does he just not get a little bit of credit, man? Um, That's all I'm gonna say. Look, all I'm gonna say is you can take Braff. I'm going to take McGinley. Yeah, Connor. I, you kind of fucked up here. I'm going to be going to a different pizzeria. I, uh, I, uh, you, know the scene, you know the scene in Do the Right Thing where they're like, just go down the block to the other one and buck it out. It's like, no! Wait, 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 uh, wait, wait. I, I have a fix. I have a fix. I have a fix. They're in the same photo. It's right, a photo playing, of Braff But I'm playing McGinley. the music. I'm playing the music a second time. Hey, Cole, play the music a second time. Um, my point is that <laughs> you are you are right. John that that... McGinley is from New Jersey. Once you enter this family, there's no getting out. <laughs> you are right that that is what a good person is about. Uh, I do not trust Zach Braff to tell that story because I do not think he has the deaf touch to make a movie about tragedy and addiction. I have also seen zero of his, Zach of Braff his directorial. I've only seen Garden State of his Goose directorial album. Three. I have never seen Garden State. What's the middle one called? Is it the going in style? Didn't he? No, I uh, wish the middle wi- one. Uh, wish I wish was I was here. here. And that's the one where his daughter has cancer, right? Sure. I don't want to watch it. The... Oh, fuck. I have to watch this. Joey King's in it. I got it. You... Hey, 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 hey. Are you hey. that much of a Joey King head? Joey King saved the White House. Okay? <laughs> Joey King, when the fucking bombers had their communications cut off by the insidious Secretary of State who was trying to bomb the White House and kill President Jamie Foxx once and for all, Joey King ran out onto the lawn of the White House with an American flag and convinced the bombers to not bomb the White House and kill President Jamie Foxx. And for that, we will always endorse her. 
Yeah, but she wouldn't have had to if uh, Gerard Butler was in that movie. She wouldn't have had to <laughs> if the Secretary of State and the Chief of Staff had not conspired to overthrow the presidency because they're President always Barack conspiring. Fox, they're always conspiring. President, President Barack Jamie Fox Obama. President Jamie Foxx, a.k.a. President Good Obama, who is is playing in that movie, decided to unilaterally withdraw every single American troop from the Middle East. You know that movie's basically about January 6th, if you think about it? (laughs) I have not thought about that movie. Roland Emmerich was ahead of the curve. That movie is a fucking masterpiece. I adore that movie. Catch me on the right day, and I'm like, that's the second best Die Hard movie. Uh... That's all crazy. That Cole, that's a fucking crazy thing to say. Second best <laughs> diehard movie. <laughs> it, you know what? I, it's better than with a vengeance. There's what three would you good diehard movies. Die Hard? So like the fact that Yeah. Yeah. It's diehard, White House Down, with a Vengeance, two, Die Harder. Uh, I so don't know if you ever called, said this. It should be called, I mean, if 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 it was a Die Hard movie, it would be like if there was a Die Hard movie where the concept was John McClane saves the president of the United States as the White House is being sieged, that would be the best Die Hard movie. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. And, they the made, movie and they made yeah. that movie and it starred. Bro, can you, uh, yo, let me pitch you. Let me let me pitch you in a, a movie that we need the AI to make right now. <laughs> is yeah. that John McClane saves President Harrison Ford from Air Force One during a White House siege? You sure. Know? Let me tell you the movie we need AI to make right now. White House Down 2. White House Down 2. <laughs> that we got. Aren't they doing a fourth Has Fallen movie? They're, I think uh, they're doing a TV show. Me. And I think, because I never saw Angel Has Fallen, even though I famously like London Has Fallen a lot. Uh, maybe my worst opinion. Where does Angel Has Fallen take place? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Have you guys seen London Has Fallen? Uh no, I haven't. Can I can I spoil London Has Fallen for you? Yes. So the premise of London Has Fallen is that the US drone strikes a wedding in an attempt to kill like a high level like Al Qaeda, ISIS, whatever guy. And he's not there, but because they drone strike a wedding, they basically kill his entire extended family. So he decides he's going to cripple NATO. So when a NATO meeting happens, like ISIS troops like swarm NATO. And and start killing everyone and try to kill the heads of state. And Gerard Butler has to like kill his way through London to save the heads of state. But you think that movie is setting up to this like morally complicated thing of like, well, he is just getting revenge because the US drone striked a wedding without yeah. intel whether or not the targets were actually there. Like we were so callous about collateral damage that we like kind of invited this on yourself. You think that's where it's ending. No, what it actually ends at is after Jar Butler saved the day is because this guy's never in London, right? He's just in Afghanistan or Iran mm-hmm. or wherever, Libya probably. It ends with Gerard Butler being like, no, the problem was we didn't use enough drones and then personally <laughs> piloting like 10 times the amount of drones to level an entire city so they could be sure this guy is dead <laughs> and we's fucking demented it's good should i watch london has fallen it's a good one angel i mean uh olympus has fallen is like quietly terrible angel i never yeah. saw the the new one is called they're making a fourth one called night has fallen i guess <laughs> I guess spell? is it spelled premise... like night, like the time of day, or is it spelled like night, like the, the night in armor? 
time of day, but now that you've put that in my mind, I'm so <laughs> upset there's no K in there. Um, my understanding from skimming a Wikipedia plot That's synopsis, what the third Dark Knight movie should have been called. Yeah. Night has fallen. Yeah. yeah. Night, or maybe, maybe Nightfall, almost. You could... Kind of cleanly, <laughs> you know. Maybe there's something there you could use. I don't know why that popped into my head. Um, apparently, the premise of the third one is that the president survives but is incapacitated in an assassination attempt, attempt while he's on his like vacation home, and so Secret Service Gerard Butler needs to like road trip smuggle the president back to DC while keeping him alive from. So it's like a road trip movie. Basically. It's like. It's like... It's like Weekend at Bernie's, but it's comatose president of the United exactly. States. Exactly. trying to get him through the country. And it's not even, um, it's not Eckhart anymore. It's Freeman. No, it's not. It's Freeman. Eckhart Wait. didn't want to do it, so it's Freeman. What? Freeman's in those movies. Freeman is in those movies. He is? Yeah, he's like the Secretary of State. Now the president. Wait. Yeah. Why don't Morgan I, wait, Freeman? Why? I've seen the first movie. Why don't, <laughs> why don't I remember this? Because it's a terrible movie. Can, can I quickly like, run down the? That's cast so absurd of... that I was like, "Wait, <laughs> Martin Freeman is the president now." Morgan like, it didn't Freeman. Even occur to me no, Morgan was... Freeman. No, I get Martin what you're Freeman. saying. I get what you're saying now. <laughs> why was he? Wait, why? Wait. So you have Eckhart and you have Morgan Freeman, but Morgan Freeman's not the president? That's what he's you're the, telling me? He's the Secretary of State in the first two. You make the Eckhart of... the president and you make yeah. Morgan Freeman the Secretary of State? Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Morgan Freeman has to walk onto that set and pretend that Aaron Eckhart is his boss. I want to make a pitch right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has to, he has to say yes, sir, to Aaron Eckhart. That sounds crazy to me. <laughs> Mr. Um, President. I'm going to make a pitch right now, a movie that I'm guaranteed to give money to called ISS Has Fallen. The International Space Station <laughs> Has Fallen. I, like, if you make that, Hollywood, you get, you got, I'm, I'm going to see it at least once. You're going to get that ticket. I, I think the real juice of a movie that we can make is you get all of the famous movie presidents together <laughs> in one movie, and it's called X Presidents, <laughs> and it's just that they all team up. It's called Into so, the President Verse. Jamie Fox, Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman, John, multiple Johns Voigt, right? Yes, there's because he's played multiple presidents. Uh, Paul Giamatti, uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, William Stadler. Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford and, and Morgan Freeman Clark. are going to have to kill each other, right? Because they can't both like, like how how do you delegate who's in charge of what when you have Harrison Ford president and Morgan Freeman president? In the <laughs> well, same place? you know, yeah. you know what Harrison Ford famously loves to do? No stuff. <laughs> Make choices. <laughs> Lead. <laughs> The whole movie is like William Sadler trying to prove himself as an action star, and Harrison Ford never leaves his trailer. And then agrees. <laughs> I have, I have never seen the Expendables movies, but that's what I imagine his appearances in the Expendables movies are, where you can see and the joint. And Kevin Costner, can... not not as the president, but as the, the governor of Montana in Yellowstone. <laughs> Um, no, it's it's all the presidents he, are more He might he Hopkins. might as well be the president, so he's there. Hopkins Pullman. is in there. Pullman. Pullman of well, he's dead, Connor. 
No, Paxton's we, dead. Pullman's dude, not you dead. just said you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I say? You said you want an AI machine. <laughs> To make yeah. a new avatar. Not, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think James Cameron is making ex presidents. What if James Cameron made an Olympus has fallen spin It would be uh, the best yeah. movie of the year. <laughs> Took would be in it. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, rank the, the Sully children. Oh, clearly it's uh Took. Uh no, it's Kiri to Yeah, I'm like, what are you Loak, talking about? Niteam. It's obviously Sigourney Weaver's number one. Jeff is no longer welcome on this podcast. He is no longer <laughs> allowed to speak on this podcast for for <laughs> not for me. putting for implicitly putting Natayam above Spider. Oh, because uh, it's, oh, it's clearly one son for another. It's clearly Took Kiri Loak Spider. All the like rejected avatar bodies that are in like the labs in the background, <laughs> Nateum, because Nateum fucking sucks. I hate Nateum. You're glad he's dead. I am so glad he's dead. I watched some, um, Cameron did like a, a fan screening of it back in like February or March. Yeah. And he did like an hour long QA afterward where there was no moderator. It was just him and he was just taking questions from the crowd. I watched yeah. like a segment of it where he's just like, all right, how do we feel about Nateyam? Um, you know, do we feel about that? And some guys like, well, you know, to be honest, I really didn't feel much for this character. <laughs> and James is like, well, he's dead. Sucks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to bring it back from Scrubs and to talk about someone I hate about as much as I hate Nateyam, Uh, I will say that watching the show, I was like, Fuck, Braff is like so obviously the weak link of this ensemble, and he makes the show notably worse. I think. And it's, do we have to start talking about? Do we have to start talking about the Scrubs episode that we watched? No, no let's, let's is, talk about it for a bit. Let me let me recap it. Let me recap it. Jeff so already episode, did. Did he? Oh yes. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, never. Like right, an hour right. ago, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> you are not allowed to be that incoherent. I'm the one who had to leave to go throw up for five minutes. Um, you are not allowed to have forgotten what conversations we've had on this episode. I think I got booted from the Zoom call. Um, no, you were here. You were here. Okay. Anyway, we did. So we did the summary. Brad what I wanted is... to ask. What I wanted to ask about. <laughs> the structure of the show is why why Braff's narration covers like stuff that Dr. Cox is doing in his free time that has nothing to do <laughs> with, the, with the JD character. Because like, the show is about lessons learned. Right? Yeah, but and it's like, like it's like the stuff about JD is within the consciousness of JD. So is the show like implying that everything that we learn about Cox's personal life is just JD's imagination of what's happening in Cox's personal life? You're already overthinking it, <laughs> right? It's just that he knows that everyone's going to learn the same lesson uh, every week, right? Because they all learn the yeah. same lesson. And so because this show's so cutesy, his narration just de facto applies. And like the thing is, if you it's cut it's bad writing. If you cut the narration, the show basically proceeds the same way. There's almost uh, he there's like one missing joke about masturbation. Yeah. That's it. Which is a bad joke. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of paprika about the gay Actually, jokes. Actually, there's, there's one there's one good joke where he's like, I'm going to telepathically ask. Yeah, that's uh, a very good joke. Yeah. Turk, Turk a question. He's like, that's... do you want to hang out later? And then Turk responds like, yeah, man, <laughs> let's get some <laughs> That's That's yeah. a good joke because there's no button on the joke. Like every other like JD imagination joke, they have to like come full circle with JD and voiceover reacting to it. Yeah. You know, that one, they just keep going and it helps the joke land. But the show needed to like hold hands so much that like jokes don't work and the material's not great. That the material is basically black leprechaun. I like that. I like that joke, the, uh. the telepathic question joke, because it just mm -hmm. kind of applies like, it implies the underlying schizophrenia of the show that you're watching. <laughs> it plays yeah. with the form somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Scrubs is at its best when it's playing with its own form. Um, like, yeah. Like they did an episode called My Life in Four Cameras or something like that. And it was the it was the one episode of the show they did as a multi-camera, you know, like live brought like live performance thing. And I'm sure a lot of shows do that same gimmick, but it was that Scrubs was always consistently doing fun changes up of its form like that, which was what attracted me to it back in the day. I'm not going to say it holds up as much now, but... My, my problem with Scrubs, I think, conceptually, is that I don't think it ever did anything with that. You mm -hmm. know, like, it would make those leaps, but, like, the example I always go to is the musical episode of yeah. Scrubs. Um, do you remember what happens in the musical episode of Scrubs? I do. Nothing. Um, yeah. The premise of the show is restated for 20 minutes in song, right? There's, there's nothing to that episode besides the fact that they're singing. It's a waste of a gimmick. And I feel like that's how I feel about a lot of the gimmicks. And like the, the flights of fancy thing could mm. work. Because in an ideal world, the Flights of Fancy functions kind of similar to 30 Rock, where 30 mm -hmm. Rock almost had that family guy energy, but in live action, where it could cut away to a punchline. And you want that out of Scrubs, but the rhythm is never tight enough. The jokes aren't good enough. So instead, I'm just annoyed that I'm hearing Zach Braff narrate <laughs> over everything. It is and just shocking how much he narrates. It's insane. Like, I did not quite remember how much Brad narration there was at the show. It's insane. I'm like, yeah, he does a button at the beginning, middle, during the commercial break, and then one at the end. Yeah, but it's like I know. Every I, scene. I agree. It's it's like wall-to-wall -wall voiceover. It's like, can you not... This isn't that emotionally complex of a show. Can you mm. not, like, trust us to pick up the pieces? And I I guess that's the Bill Lawrence downside is that, well, no, he can't. He needs... Like, everything needs to be very tidy in his Everything shows, has to be spoon-fed. Yeah. And that's why Cougar Town is good, because Cougar Town is nothing to feed you. It's just so, by design, vapid. Everything what you if, say about Cougar Town makes it sound like the worst show ever. <laughs> what, uh, what if Cougar like, Town Cole, was still Cole, narrated Cole's by Braff, but he's not in like, it? Oh, my God. Every Bill Lord <laughs> show is, is narrated by JD from Scrubs. What if I told you... I mean, you could tell me Ted Lasso was narrated by uh, Zach Braff. By and Zach I would believe Braff. you, because I've never fucking watched the show. <laughs> what if I told you, Connor, that... In Cougar Town, Courtney Cox is like a comically oversized wine glass. Uh, and then the plot of one episode is that she drops it and they just throw a funeral 
for the wine glass. And then the next <laughs> season, she has an even the next season. She has an even bigger wine glass. And eventually when she breaks that, it's she's not gonna throw another <laughs> It's I understand that you had a great time watching it, but <laughs> I, you have not said a single thing that has made this show sound good to me. <laughs> You know the scene in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Which yes. where Han says the sentence. About you know how Mexico? in those old yes, yeah. You know how vapid that moment is, and yes, it's the greatest moment ever captured on film, and it's what Michael Mann like lies awake at night wishing he could have shot. <laughs> One of my best friends from high school. That was that was his senior quote in the year. Before. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking best. Uh, Cougar Town is the sitcom version of that. It just gets it, man. Okay. I I I see what you're going for. I can't connect the dots without having seen it. Watch Cougar Town. Listeners, if you're if you're getting anything from this, it's watch seasons two and three of Cougar Town. So who in the um the Emmy Association do we think Braff has blackmail on? Or does he have Emmys? He the Scrubs over its nine season run gets one acting Emmy nomination. And it is and for Braff. Oh, so, yeah, so wait, no, he if he had blackmail, he would have been getting, like, constant, though. But here's the thing. Yeah. Braff also directs one episode of Ted Lasso and gets an Emmy, <laughs> gets an Emmy nomination wow. for it. Wow. Um, well, I mean, you want my honest opinion? It's like, he's he's overbearingly sincere, and that just flies mm. with the Emmy Award voters. I mean, yeah, it is yeah. that. When was he nominated? I'm not seeing him here. 2005. 2005. For so the previous season. Yes, I got it here. Whew. He loses to Shalhoub and Monk. Now that's someone who had <laughs> dirt on the fucking Emmy nominating committee. You know what I actually, can I, can I throw this out to you? You know what I think it might be? Why he would get in there over everyone else? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this, but Emmy eligibility is determined by a single episode. Yes. Every yeah, show yeah. turns in one episode to the Emmys. I and think that's, that's where they, I was going with it, too. Yeah, that's it, what they gauge it on. Scrubs Scrubs kind of specialized in, in these. In, obviously, it's a sitcom. It's, it's built on humor, um, apparently. <laughs> allegedly <laughs> it's built on humor um, but they would they would frequently have um as as a show that takes place in a hospital and is is dealing with confrontation of death and disease and mortality shall do uh would have moments of very bleak seriousness drift through the comedy um as happens with the brendan fraser appearance on the show and I just like I think that type of sincerity, that 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 style of seeming truth of honesty, like to real life suffering it, in the sitcom form, I think just really gets the Emmy voters going. Yeah, I think that's why people. I think that's why I I haven't watched Ted Lasso, but I, the reviews that I've read of Ted Lasso seem to like really hold on to this idea that it's it's a funny show that has something real to say about like the existential dread that people have in their day-to-day lives concerning their careers and you know there's a host of other like 
so it, it assortment of other sitcoms that kind of specialize in in really like confronting these morbid subject matters yeah. but to do so with with a comedic lens um, yeah i also think that like like i was saying the show is so tidy like ideologically tidy and yeah. Brath is so that the agent of that tidiness that it's an easy character to get from mm -hmm. a single episode. And if you watch like who's the reigning king of the Emmys in this category, in this there, Shalub and Monk is the same way, where you watch an episode and you get what he's going for. Whereas like anyone in Arrested Development, you're kind of shit out of luck if you're just mm -hmm. watching one episode because that's not what that show. Arrested Development also what? has like the cynicism of succession which does that not, is also true which like the regular well, american television watching public does will not grasp until 2016 arrested development is good succession <laughs> it's it's a very it similar it's it's an extremely similar premise you know what the uh, difference between succession and arrested development is arrested development has jokes it's a fucking joke factory. It's just fucking a Gatling gun of gags, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes those gags do not land. We don't <laughs> necessarily talk about the Charlize Theron of it all. Oh, uh, boy. I, have I never haven't seen, seen Arrested Development in a while, but I do remember revival. laughing my face off. off I'm always on the hunt for my seventh show. You've never seen Arrested Development? I've seen Arrested Development in parts, but I've never seen okay. the whole thing. I think you would really like Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, it's got like an absurdism to it that you would respond mm. well to. You don't need to watch the last two seasons. Since yeah, neither my, of us, they're functionally a different show. My sister's a big are, fan. Yeah. Since neither of us are TV people, Cole, do you do you like I'm I'm sure for, for both of us, like who we've we've watched like a prolific amount of movies. You much more than me, but still compared to like normal. People, I watch where we're a normal out there amount a, of movies. We're out there on a limb. Um, I watch a, a statistically normal amount of movies, and if you don't watch as many movies as I do, you're not watching movies. But uh, that's my opinion. <laughs> how many shows? How many shows do you think that you've you've completed from front end to back end? Literally completed, not like yeah. Buffy, The Wire. I think Cole I might have a list of two. Yeah, I I'm think if I'm going to say with 100% confidence that I've seen them all. Oh, and you know what? Weirdly a littering of shows from like the Obama administration that only lasted one season. That almost like aren't <laughs> worth naming, but I've seen every episode of Enlisted, right? I've seen every episode of Wings. Uh, I've seen every episode of shit like that that didn't really stick around, yeah. but was good. If I'm going to say actually 100%ing, though, and like a notable show, it probably is only The Wire and Buffy. Interesting. I've done I, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Boardwalk Empire, um, How I Met Your Mother, Friends, The Office. That might never be it. Never finished them. Never that finished might, them. That might honestly be it. Never finished never them. Never finished Cougar Town. Switch networks, and I was just like, you know what? I think it's going to be bad now. I'm just not going to watch it. And, oh, Community. And I finished Community. I did not finish Community. Yeah. You want you want to hear my my Community story? Shit's Creek. Did Shit's Creek also? I've been to Shit's Creek. Been to the season Creek. five of Community is the one where Dan Harmon comes back, right? 
Yeah, I think he leaves for four. Yeah, but Glover's is. Is. not there. I know. Well, that's what I'm getting. No, into. I'm asking. I'm asking. Yes, Glover leaves partway yeah. through. Season five of Community is worse than season four of Community, which is the Harmonless one. That's bad. And when that happened, I was like, I'm I am washing my hands <laughs> of this show. I am mm. not watching it on fucking you Yahoo streaming platform. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had a good season and a half there, community. Scrubs. Yeah. So, Colin. So, bored in this episode? I think so. It's interesting to watch this right after the SNL episode because he's being asked to essentially do what he did in the majority of those SNL skits, which is like be an attractive Irish man and talk about uh, doing exotic things that people with deal with that people people with full-time professions cannot do in their day-to-day life um um he's having a little bit fun with it it almost alarms me how comfortable he seems to be in on like on television yeah interesting i see what you're saying yeah he seems to like he's i know he i know he was in tell he's began in television in ireland Yes, um, which we've talked about before, but it almost alarmed me like how comfortable he was with like I'm hitting my mark. the The camera knows what I like. Like I'm I'm hitting my mark. I know what I need to look like in relation to the camera for this to pay off in terms of what I'm being asked to do. Um, just give me my lines and I, and I'll get it done. I yeah. I get what you're saying. My my counter argument is what I see here is I see a professional who doesn't want to come in for a second day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he just wants to knock his scenes out as quick as possible so he can leave. And it is it is known that he only shot one day on this show. It's evident this whole he thing's only in one shot day. One day. He's he is weirdly not in the episode for yes. being yeah without question the most famous guest star the show ever had. He's well, he, like I watched the I watched the Fraser episodes a while ago, um, in like preparation for like his. Oscar campaign and I'm pretty sure the Fraser character is introduced like in that opening segment before the beginning credits roll of the episode that he's introduced in and the the, Colin doesn't show up until like three or four minutes into this episode which means that's like two or three minutes after the opening credits has rolled which two or three minutes of a 20 minute sitcom is like more than 10% of the sitcom to the point where I, I like left i left the hulu um the, i i left the the theater the hulu theater to like check and make sure i was watching the correct episode that i i did in. the yeah. same thing yeah i i was like it, did i pick the wrong one <laughs> yeah yeah and it's clear he just doesn't want to do it and we jeff did you get a sense of when they shot this um I don't know exactly when, but network TV is usually like a two-month turnaround, so I would yeah. bet they shot this in November so 2004. This is, this is my, what I'm saying is they shoot this in November 2004. He probably knows that Alex Like the worst moment of his life. Lost, yeah. Right? And we talked about this on the SNL episode, how there is this visible disdain he has for having to promote Alexander. Mm. And I can see that being this like workaday energy of him just wanting to get this shit the fuck over with so we can go shoot a movie with Malik. Uh which is not 
bad. It's just kind of I, I think he obvious. shot the movie. I think he shot Well, then he wants to go shoot Miami Vice. He wants to go shoot Miami Vice. Wants to go shoot Ask the Dusk. Um, I think he wants to, I think, I think at this point, I, what I imagine is he, he needs to go get on that Miami Vice set, yeah. like as soon as possible. I also, uh, do you guys remember at the Oscars when he made that like snide comment about the SNL sketch mm. and you can tell he was like a little offended by the SNL sketch. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Connor, do you? I can't remember the comment. The, the, the night. The night before the Oscars, SNL. Oh, it was like that they were they were speaking with their Irish accents, and you couldn't yeah. understand what they were they, saying. Yeah, they were they were doing a bit that was like, "There's so many Irish actors nominated for the Oscars this year," and the joke was just that they're unintelligible alcoholics. Yeah, and Colin Farrell, like Jimmy Kimmel, like said something about that sketch, or like said something about accents and colin farrell made like a snide joke about like snl telling you everything you need to know and you could tell he was kind of pissed off mm-hmm. by that sketch especially because he's sober um and I, I don't assume he loved reciting the names of the lucky charms uh in this episode there's a very like top of the martin to quality to this guy yeah that like, that's what he's doing yeah yeah he doesn't he, that can't be fun man you know i didn't understand yeah. what he was doing there Oh yeah, he's, he's I, I didn't connect the, the dots movie. that that's what the, that he was reciting the Lucky Charms. Uh, this episode also does a borderline hate crime to the Irish, in which it makes a joke about the existence of there being black people in Ireland, and the <laughs> joke is just Turk in a uh, leprechaun costume. Uh, Very off-putting. Doing uh, a jig. Poorly, <laughs> poorly doing a jig. Uh, when, of course, there are in fact black people in Ireland. And he says, uh, "Top of and- the mizzle, my schnizzle." Yeah, and uh, one of the most uh, famous Black Irishmen of all time uh, wrote and sang the song The Boys Are Back in Town, which is better than anything anyone involved in Scrubs has ever done. <laughs> well, the That's thing what I get the Black of, Irish really gave us. That was their gift to us. Yeah. My read on Colin in this is I very much get like all the Irish stuff he seems kind of annoyed doing. But he kind of seems really locked in to the character himself, like kind of that like freewheeling mindset. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, you guys obviously would know this better than I would, but I feel like with where Colin's at in his career at this time um, and also dealing with his, you know, substance abuse issues, kind of getting to play this character who can make a light of that aspect of his life and kind of brush it aside as like nah it's you know it's just it's whatever it's just you know it's i'm living life to the fullest might have seemed appealing to a guy like him to get into that um i think so i you know it's i think it's an easy i think for him to accept doing this was probably easy considering he's one he gets to talk with his real accent so Mm -hmm. he's not having to do the accent work in, in that sense which i which while he has been consistently getting better at throughout the films we've watched. I I think even maybe to the present day is still something that like is a challenge to him that he has to overcome when he's taking on a role. Though um, I, I think the yeah. joke where he whips out like a farm boy accent uh, yeah, is like, very from Ohio, red state. very believable. Yeah. yeah. What do you uh, say he's like I'm a red I'm a red state boy? I'm a red state oh, yeah. boy or something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, He's like, did the American accent fool you? Yeah, it's a good gag. <laughs> he clearly wants to show off an accent. 
Mm. Uh, it's probably the best accent he's done so far. But it's what Cole. I don't know if you thought this, His but from accents all, are good. Of yeah. all the press junket things that we've watched of him, it's like there, there's clip after clip of like Jimmy Kimmel being like, "You do a great American accent. Can you do an American accent right now?" And him being like, "I'm not really good at doing it on the spot. Like I need my dialect coach here with me." Yeah. And then like Conan O'Brien being like, "You do a very believable American accent. Can you read this press, with an American press, accent?" Just and press, him being just like. like yeah a line they have to feed and it was almost like if you consider this episode of scrubs to be a a, a press junction a press junket mm, function yeah. in the same way that those appearances on jimmy kimmel and, and conan o'brien are it's like they almost need to do the joke of like you do a good american accent can you show us right now how you speak with an american accent and then go back to speaking with your regular accent um it's Guys. almost it's almost it's almost jarring how much his appearance in this episode functionally resembles his appearance on late night talk television in the yes. same way that like it begins with that and then it goes into like hey you're known for partying pretty hard do you have a comment to make about that and mm -hmm. then it goes into hey you know you're known for sleeping around a lot can can you show us something about that and then yeah and it basically this... ends and then it basically ends with him being like like this is how I live my life. You could, I, I think I live it better than you do. And then he leaves mm. the talk show, and that's what he does in this episode. Yeah, he, he tells them he's like, I, I'm supposed to be in Florence at midnight. Who's a woman? Yeah, I'm leaving the episode. Yeah, um, guys, I'm sorry, I think we should call it. I'm feeling very bad. Do we have anything else you guys wanted to say? I am sorry to be an asshole. Um, no, I, yeah, we can wrap this up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm hitting a wall. Um, I, I, really I, apologize. I really apologize, Jeff. Um, no, it's all good. But if you guys had more you wanted to say, we can do it. Let's just start thinking about. I'll just quickly, um, I want to say one final quote from Braff um, on his podcast about this episode. Um, he said about Colin coming on. So I was so excited he was on the show. I think this is the most I've ever fanned out for someone when they came on the show, other than Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Billy, yes, Billy D. Williams was on the show. Doesn't he play Mandy but, Moore's dad on the show? I believe Isn't so. That the joke. Um, but then Brad finished up by saying, "Colin's got everything. Not only is he very handsome, he just exudes charm and confidence. If you're attracted to men, you want to sleep with him. If you're not, you want to be his buddy. He's just one of those guys." I. I, I <laughs> I do, I do like the like, Todd being like, what? The yeah. Todd appreciates Todd <laughs> yeah. regardless of gender. There's, that is kind of funny. <laughs> it's yeah. a good There's joke. an insane amount of gay jokes in this episode that are just mm. real groaners, right? They aren't even that offensive. Yeah. They're just groaners. And, and they it's almost like all like 90% um, of the gay jokes are in the breath of voiceover. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give Colin credit for this. But I, because I think it's just a weird coincidence and he's not the writer of this episode. But given that we've talked about how like weirdly pro and like casual about homosexuality he is for like a young man in the Bush era who's trying to be a movie star mm -hmm. and he's like not afraid of any of that stuff. Uh, it is nice that the one time he like makes the gay joke, it doesn't land as a joke. It kind of just lands as like a nice thing this guy's saying. Yeah, and I yeah. I think it's just a coincidence, but I did stand out to me that in his hands, this isn't like mean or offensive yeah. or gross. And I get the vibe from Colin that if he were to come onto this show and they were to just hand him a platter of gay jokes, he might resist doing that. 
he he is making gay jokes in the press like from the very beginning of him doing mm. junkets but the joke is always that he's having gay sex yeah the joke with is always other that, men on set the like joke is yeah. always that he's the one that's gay yeah like and, <laughs> yeah. and not not in a gross way but just in a like you know just guys being dudes and sucking <laughs> each other's dicks way that's the energy he brings to a lot of these things which is not what people were doing back then on the mm -hmm. Alexander junket, I think it's Conan O'Brien, like, is like, we have to talk about the male kissing scene that you have. And he he's like, Conan O'Brien goes out of his way to be certain to, like, tell the audience, like, it's just a kissing scene between men. And then Colin steps in and he's like, well, it's a close-up shot. You don't actually see what my hands are doing. And then it's like, yeah, it's those are the jokes that he's making. It's like, it would be okay if I was gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, is, you know to watch from today's lens doesn't seem extraordinary but to remember where we were as a culture back in 2003 and 2004 is is kind of remarkable that he was considered as such a, a sex symbol he was at the time well yeah. also being this fluid with his own awareness sexuality um and i, and I think something that like matt damon is doing at this moment in time or and i think like he's very much heralding a sea change in this show scrubs becomes a lot more tolerant in its later seasons mm -hmm. um and i think this like this is kind of the beginning of that like the todd character at some point actually comes out as gay and they make that a major subplot oh. in the season it's very and silly. so and so i'm not gonna say like you know scrubs becomes like incredibly woke or anything like that but i think this episode kind of is the midpoint towards that more tolerant flip the show does approach. That's interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. And I... Oh, continue. No, I was going to oh, say, if oh, you guys oh, had oh. anything else to say, or should we call it? Yeah. <laughs> we can, um, we can call I would it. like to believe that Jeff, Colin's part of that sea chains. Uh, that is the last I thing I had to too. say. I would Jeff, too. let's bring you on the show again when we're when we're 100%. Yeah, I'm so I, sorry, Jeff. No, I'm it's fine. very sick. I'm uh, back for saving Mr. Banks, baby. Yeah, we got Jeff on. We got <laughs> Jeff on. We'll be good. Uh, listeners, if you noticed that there was like six minutes in there where I wasn't talking, uh, it is because I left to go throw up. Um, so I apologize if the energy is off. Uh, Jeff, you got, uh, Jeff, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, if you're if you enjoyed this episode, um, pop into uh, your search results, look up Travolting. Um, Travolting, we're currently doing presenting the Fraser's Edge, covering the films of Brendan Fraser. Uh, Cole's been on a few episodes, so come on I've by, been check on us out. Several episodes. I will be on episodes in the future. Uh, Jeff, this is going to drop next week. So, what's the most recent episode going to be? Um, so, the most recent episode should, I think it's going to be, God, we're so like, yeah, you guys are uh, very ahead. I, I yeah. have already banged an episode that's airing in several months. Yes, <laughs> Jack, um, are, you, are are you still revisiting Travolta? Like, yes. It, and oh in yeah, fact, Connor. I, I, yeah, Jeff. I've been wait, on several. I want to. I'm gonna Jeff, be on more. Can Connor I, doesn't know it, but Connor's gonna be on an episode too because I volunteered <laughs> him. I was gonna and say, I, can I be on a certain episode and I that think, may come out a few years from now? Yeah. yeah. Are you, do you want to be on a certain movie that you almost worked on? Yeah, I yeah, technically yeah. worked on it. <laughs> I I uh I have volunteered you for that episode, Connor. So you are good to go. 
you're you're in here you're, when that you when that movie comes out in like 2028 probably 2028 yeah it's uh it's technically did you cole it's not technically in production right now they're i know they're looking they're shopping it yeah. yeah so it could never happen but i it want could it to never happen, happen. <laughs> Look, What's Travolta's got two movies that can at the marketplace right now, and I swear to God, both better happen. You, from from what you told me about plot details, it sounds like Travolta has switched roles since the project shut down and came back together. Really? Because you were, what are you saying? He was like a wacky uncle or mentor figure or something? No, 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 no. no. He was He's... always the lead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then I'm wrong. Then I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, listen to Fraser's Edge. I've been in a bunch. I'll be on an episode in mid-June. Uh, yeah, Cole's coming up on our G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra episode. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. An episode that... Uh, is Fraser? Is, is yes, Fraser? Yes, he, is. he sure is. Yes, he is. Um, an episode that people are describing as extremely normal. Uh, an episode <laughs> in which at one point we all go around the horn and uh, rank the things that Joseph Gordon-Levitt lists in the Don John trailer. Uh, and then get an into an argument about that ranking. An episode in which my co-host What's does not like, leave the room. My apartment. <laughs> yeah, the uh, gym. Yes. Yeah. My yeah. body. <laughs> my pad. My yeah. ride. My boys. My girls. But my no, porn. Jeff. We'll have you back on for something real. Yep. I'm really excited for the one we've got there. Not only is um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt never going to be on the New Jersey Wall of Fame, he's banned from re-entering the state what? of New Jersey after John John. I, I, I am... Scarlett I am pulling... Scarlett Johansson coming. I am cashing in my Mount Rushmore veto to insist that we do a Joseph Gordon-Levitt season. So you take that back. <laughs> That's not, I'll watch those are not those are not of equal value. Those I'll are not watch of equal value. Your Mount Rushmore veto and a Joseph Gordon-Levitt season. Um. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this weird episode. We are done covering one-off TVs. We are going back to movies. And next week, join us for when Colin Farrell rebounds. He's just starred in a three-hour historical epic from one of the most acclaimed directors alive, An and it bombed. So he's historical. going to yeah. reset his career by doing another three-hour historical <laughs> epic from one of the most acclaimed directors alive. And guess what? This one doesn't go that much better for him. <laughs> uh, that's right. Next week, we are sailing to the new world. Uh, until then, Jeff, thank you so much. This was a blast. Yeah, thank I'm you for sorry. having me. I'm sorry it was a bit of an no. abbreviated episode. No, uh, it Connor, was a good time. plug the Instagram. No, nah, I'm not going to. I'll plug it next week. Yeah. Uh, sh- <laughs> yeah. Please, please remember to rate, review, review and subscribe. Uh, shout out to the one listener in Singapore for holding it down. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and as always, uh, fuck Zach Braff. Stop it, I'll